this week. And so next week will be our last uh, message on that out of the, the series of four. But we've been working through James chapter 1, 17 through 18, um, little by little. And um, there's been, as you know, we've had other things with it as well. But again, James says, every good gift, every good gift and perfect gift, can you say amen, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today. Lord, I thank you that by your Holy Spirit you will help me to preach it, that your anointing would be strong, that your unction would flow forth, that, Lord Jesus, you would speak to our hearts and minds today, that this message would find good soil in our hearts, in our minds, that you would give us ears to hear from you today. Lord, let your anointing flow upon all of us here today, I pray. And Lord, only allow me to say the words you would have me to say today in Jesus' precious name. Help us to be more generous, Lord. Help us to understand the reason why. Help us to understand that you want to do things in our lives, but Lord, we sometimes keep it all bottled up. Because instead of letting the blessings flow, we keep it bottled up because we're not doing our part. Help us, Lord, to do our part so that you can just pour out into us so we can pour out into the lives of others. We just praise you, Lord that we would learn to be that conduit for you. By your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And amen. Let me tell you something here in James. We see that God has given us example, an example how to give. God has given us an example of how to give. Did you hear what I read there? It says, by his own will. Hopefully that's back up on the this, this scripture. Good, still up there. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. By his will. Again, who is the word of truth? The, the word of truth happens to be these scriptures. These scriptures are the word of truth. If you're tired of being lied to, open up your Bible and start reading it because all that you'll find there is truth. You know, if, if the government would start running the country like they used to according to the scriptures of God, we wouldn't have a government shutdown, now would we? I'm not going there. I'm not going to talk about that. We all know how ridiculous that is. You know... Why is it that you have grown-ups in the House and you have petulant two-year-olds in the Senate? But that's all I got to say on that. They drive me up the wall, and um, all we can do is pray for them. Amen? We need to start believing God's Word again. Regardless of what's happening around us, we need to start saying, Lord, your Word is true, and I'm going to live by it. 
Amen? Now, God says by the word of truth. Now, the word of truth is also Jesus Christ, because who is the word? The word put on flesh and dwelt among us. Well, who did that? That was Jesus. And so the word of truth is Jesus Christ and the Holy Scriptures. And we need to live accordingly. We need to live to be like Jesus. Come on. And we need to live by the word of God. Maybe the trouble you're having is because you don't get into the scripture enough to find out what God wants you to do. Come on, I know that's meddling, but praise God, he won't, he's speaking to our hearts today. He's speaking to me too. God purposed in his heart. Of his own will he brought forth us, brought us forth by the word of truth. He purposed in his heart to give. He purposed in his heart to do this thing. God so loved the world. Here James is telling us how by his own will he purposed in his heart to give us Jesus. And the scripture tells us it caused him joy even though Jesus had to die. Hmm. And we complain because we have it a little tough. Oh, my word. We complain. All the time. I love that testimony. Because God took care of it all. That was tough. That's not fun. She didn't tell you the rest of this. There's parts of the story she didn't tell you, but she doesn't have to. It's the results. The results, yes. We need to understand that even God purposed in his heart knowing his son was going to die for us, and the Bible says that Jesus counted it all joy when he hung on the cross for us. He's giving of himself everything. And we complain when the preacher talks about tithing. We wonder why we struggle with our finances when we don't give God our best, when we give him our leftovers. Oh, I don't hear any amens. But it's the truth. We struggle sometimes and it's our own fault. Because we hold back, but God didn't. He gave more. And why did God find it joyful to give and to purpose out of his heart even though Jesus had to die? Because you and I are saved. Wow. Wow. You know, our God is a cheerful giver. Now I'm going to be more direct this week about our generosity than I've been the last few weeks. I don't mean to meddle, I don't mean, but I feel this way. If I don't tell you the truth, later on you're going to come to me and say, why didn't you tell me? Come on. You might even say that to me at the judgment seat. Why didn't you tell me, pastor? You were supposed to shepherd me. 
Why didn't you? Well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. You know what? We got to get beyond that stuff. If we love each other, we're going to tell the truth. Hello? I'm not talking about being rude now. I'm not talking about walking up to somebody and say, boy, oh boy, oh. what did you do to your hair? You made it scared to make it run away. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> All you can say to me is, well, I just wanted to be like Paul. <laughs> Good answer, right? <laughs> I'm not talking about being critical. I'm telling, talking about telling each other the truth so that we make sure we get into heaven and we are the most blessed people when we get there. Come on. According to the Bible, we are told that each of us needs to set something aside. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? But I want you to understand something. This was not a suggestion or a one-time deal. I want you to see something in verse 1. Paul calls it an order. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given... As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. Oh, wait a second. He says, I've given orders, and you must do also. Now, this is the apostle to the Gentiles speaking here. That means he had the responsibility to speak to us the word of truth. And he's written all of our doctrines down that we believe. He made sure that we understood the way of salvation. So if he understood all those things, why wouldn't he tell us how to give? And he says we need to purpose in our heart what we're going to do and lay it aside. That means we don't use it for any other purpose but God's purpose. But pastor, you don't understand. I don't need to understand. God understands. God calls it our tithe. And the Lord wants to prosper you out of your obedience. The Lord wants to prosper you out of your obedience. Too many of us approach tithing as sacrifice. Well, King Saul was sacrificing one day. He wasn't supposed to be sacrificing, but he was sacrificing one day. Oh, King Saul, he was kind of like Bill Clinton. He did this all the time. Wherever the winds were blowing, I'm going that way. You know, all oh, the people might leave me. I can't wait any longer for Samuel to show up, so I'm going to go ahead and start the sacrifice in here. I'm going to do it myself. He, he wasn't the priest. He just was the king. That's right. And he was doing it out of a wrong heart. And he's up there making these sacrifices, and Samuel showed up. What are you doing, you dummy? 
I mean, that's really what he's saying to him. He talked to him like he was his own kid. And give me a break. Samuel loved the king. He loved him. When the Lord said, I'm going to take the crown from him and give it to another, Samuel just wept over it. And he looked at Saul, can't you get it? God rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. If you had just listened, you would have been blessed and your kingdom would have been established forever. But now it's going to be given to another. Wow. Let's see what First, Second Corinthians. Let's go over to Second Corinthians nine, six through eight. I'm just going to give you the facts and let you figure it out yourself. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart today. See, I want you to be so blessed because if we can take these principles and live them in our lives, we can live the rest of God's principles really easy. Come on. I, I told you when this series began, um, Lorraine and I got in trouble with Minnesota because they didn't like how we gave. For Christmas, they sent us a bill. You owe this money to us because we don't like the way you gave. We gave to the church. If I was running my own small business, they would allow it. But because it went to the church instead of a small business, they just forget that we there's a business end of the church too. Bills have to get paid. And you know, I, I, I kind of figured it this way. If I keep, if Lorraine and I keep doing what we're doing, we're robbing you of your blessing because it, for you to do what you need to do yourself. What are you talking about? Let, let's look at the scripture here. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 2, 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, 6 through 8. I got to make sure I got them all on the same page listening at home. And this is going to talk to us about how to reap. How to reap. The biblical principle of sowing and reaping when it comes to our giving. Let's look at the Lord of God. But this I say to you, I say, Paul says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his own heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So, again, verse 6, But I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Why 
do you let others do for you? Why do you let others do for you when God expects you to do it? Hmm. Wait a second, I only thought that happened here in this country where everybody wants others to give so that they can receive. Uh-oh. And I hear you guys complaining about that. I see Facebook rants about that. I see people in the church complain about that. But then they practice the same thing that they're complaining about. I want others to do for me so I don't have to do it. But the problem is when you do that, you're cutting yourself off from a blessing that you're supposed to get. Ask yourself why you are always struggling. Don't go to sleep on me. I know this is a different type of sermon. But why are you always struggling? Why does it seem like you never have enough? Let me tell you something. Those who practice giving, they might look like they're struggling, but they always do it with a smile on their face. Why? Because they know the Lord will provide. My word, we had to put a, we had some storms come through. During the same period, while we're giving to the church because the church has bills to pay, we had to put a new roof on the house. We need, to have, we need it because of hail damage. We need to reside both two sides of the house. All of a sudden I found that they didn't build my garage floor correctly. And all, part of my garage was going to rip away if I didn't do something about it. I had to get that fixed. Insurance wasn't covering that one. Hey, do you know what? God provided I got a little testimony to this week. I don't want to take away our blessing with God, so I'm not telling you what we've done. I'm just telling you, we, don't, we would do it again because we love to give to the Lord. But let me tell you what happened this week. My, we went to use it. We had that snow, and for some reason the snow piled up in our front yard more than our... I look at Lorraine's auntie's house. And there's no, even though she's got somebody who's supposed to snow blow it, the wind blew all the snow off her sidewalk, her lawn. There was nothing piled up. I look at our cousin next door, hardly anything there. And I don't know where he snow blows his snow, but I, hardly anything there over in his place. But all the snow piled up on my property. So Andrew's out there trying to get the brand new snow blower running last year. Wouldn't start. I went out there, wouldn't start. I had my suspicion what it was, so I called up the place I bought it from, and I said, you know what, it won't start. So they came over, they picked it up, because they do small engine repair there, picked it up. They looked at it. They went ahead and fixed it. They brought it back and just dropped it off. Andrew came and found it sitting there behind the garage. We put it away, and it works beautiful. And I called them up. I said, you didn't leave a bill. Oh, we just had to replace the spark plug. What do I owe you? It was just a spark plug. What do I owe you? Because I wanted to make sure if he's saying it was free, that's great. But I wanted to make sure I understood him well. He said, well, just pay for the spark plug. 
Really? Now, they, they, you know what they just did? They make me loyal to them now instead of my, own, my old guy. My old guy, if I would have took it down to the end of the block, didn't have to wait on anybody, I would have just pushed it down to the end of the block, took it in, he would have charged me over 40 bucks for replacing that, just that spark plug because he would have charged me labor for replacing the spark plug. These guys just said, and they, I don't have an account there. Didn't receive a bill from there. He says, oh, whatever you get over here, just pay for the spark plug. You know, I was over there that day. Yeah. Paid for the spark plug. And I'm going, oh, Farmers Union, you guys are the best. <laughs> Old cynics there in Breckenridge. You are the best. So guess what? First place I'm going to go for my hardware needs. Hardware Hank. Over there at Cynics. You know, they got, if you need fittings, they got more fittings than any place else. That place is built for the farmer. God, God's ways are always better. And when we are obedient, it brings God's blessings to our lives. He might do it in small ways, but he might do it in big ways. But his blessings are always better than we can ever dream of if we just would be obedient. <laughs> Even Dave Ramsey's. Everybody knows who Dave Ramsey's is today. He doesn't do things in secret, does he? Everybody knows about Dave Ramsey. Um, Dave Ramsey is a curriculum is taught at Breckenridge High School. And so um, Dave Ramsey's... Um, Every once in a while, you'll see one of his clinics shoot up around town. We're starting Dave Ramsey's here um, at LaRay Sisters Church. They're starting Dave Ramsey's there. She was all excited about it. And so um, Dave Ramsey is on the radio, does a secular program. Even Dave Ramsey teaches if you want to get out of debt, Tithe and put God first, and you'll get out of debt, he teaches. He said, I don't care if you've got to live on beans for a year. If you will do what I tell you to do, you will be out of debt. But in order to make it work, you've got to tithe and put God first. Why do you think all these churches are always... Starting up classes with Dave Ramsey stuff. Because it's based on this. God wants to bless you beyond measure. Verse 7. So let each of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So in order to get blessed beyond measure, first you got a purpose, you are going to give. Just like God purposed in his heart, and he gave us Jesus, you have to purpose in your heart about what you're going to give. I will never come to your house and ask to look at your pay stub. Come on, Jason's known me for 15 years now. Have I ever come to your house and looked at your pay stub? No. You know the funny thing, though? You've been a pastor of a church. 
I don't know if they ever did this to you, but you know what? I usually end up finding out how much everybody makes anyway. Why? Because I never ask. <laughs> I never ask. And that's how I end up finding out. Why? Because I don't care to pry. And you know what? Usually it goes in one ear, swims around there a little bit, and I don't remember. I used to be the best person to go ahead and get a credit card filled out with Sears because I would never remember anybody's credit card number. It was none of my business. Just give it to me quick. Let's get it over with. Let's get your credit line checked. And I, I wouldn't remember it because I didn't need it. It wasn't mine. That belonged to somebody else. God says to us here, don't give grudgingly or because you have to. <laughs> God's asking me to give, but he tells me don't give because I have to. <clears throat> All right, think about your kids. You need to do your homework. Don't point fingers. <laughs> you have to do your homework, right, Devin? You're not the only one who's gone through this. Why? Because you have to. Well, I don't want to give my homework anyway. I finally said to my son... I usually don't preach about you guys, but today I'm going to use you. That's okay. Not, you're way past school, so it doesn't matter anymore. I looked at him and I said, why do you think you're more special than anybody else in the world who goes to school? <laughs> do you think you're the only one who gets a pass on homework? You know, that actually worked. Plus, he had his uh, resource room teacher was Attila the Hun. <laughs> and you know what he loved her for? Because when he graduated from high school, he graduated with honors. And you know what? He looked at her as another mother because he was so tough on her. I mean, she was so tough on him. Well, there was times he was tough on her, too. But they made it through. They both graduated from high school with honors. And he's always been grateful to her. He's always counted her as a friend. But God doesn't want us to have to give because we have to. He wants us to give because we want to. He wants us to give out of a happy heart with joy. Just like Jesus went to the cross and counted it all joy, we need to give to the Lord and count it as all joy. Come on. Come on. I can't imagine not tithing. I can't imagine not doing it. Boy, I've been having to put in extra hours at the hospital. I'm on call again. You know? Right now, I, I have to stay on call until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning or whatever it is, 10.30, whatever it is. Because we're shorthanded. 
We're looking for somebody to become one of the new chaplains at the hospital. I'm not complaining. But when I got the paycheck this week, it made it worth it. But I said, praise God, I'm able to add that tithe to my normal tithe. Glory to God. I was excited about writing a bigger check to church. I'm weird, I know. I was excited to give more to God today. Why? Because he's given me so much. He's blessed us with cars that work, a house that stays warm in the summer, cool in the winter. I, cool in the summer! <laughs> I thought I started talking about your house. My house has hot I have... The only problem with my house is the weeds. They drive me up the wall. Stupid Adam. His fault. If he hadn't sinned, we wouldn't have weeds. Or those plants wouldn't have turned into what they are. Part of the, oh my word. It drives me up the wall. My cousin's, Lori's cousin's house, no weeds. Aunt Phyllis's house, you can hardly find, she can't even get out there to do her weeding, you can hardly find any weeds. Our house is where all the weed seeds come to dwell. Just like the snow. Whoosh! I told, I told Mark the other day, next time you're spraying, just come and spray my whole yard, please. Tell me what I owe ya. Use that stuff you use on the farm. Just kill it all. <laughs> you know, I went out there. I got my hoe out. I went, get, I went after them in the spring. I chemicaled my soil. I did all that. Went away for camp meeting. Went away for Lorraine's conference. Came back. And somewhere they decided to, he's gone. We can reappear. But you know what? I counted all joy anyway. And it doesn't affect what I do. I got a family I'm raising. And listen, just because your kids are all grown doesn't mean they're still not needing help. Come on. So we need to give, not grungently, or because we have to, but the Lord says, do it cheerfully. And let me add, with a thankful heart, because God provided. You know that tithe that you're supposed to give? God provided that already. Wait a second. God provided you the tithe to tithe with? Yeah. God provided that tithe already, and then we take it, and then we read the scripture that we had earlier. You robbed me. Well, how do I rob you? Because of what I gave you to give to me. I didn't even make... This is, the, this is the thing that we don't get. I didn't even make you have to struggle to get the tithes because I already provided the tithes for you. And then you take it to use it for a different purpose? That'd be like God saying, all right, I'm going to give you Jesus, but I'm going to, give him, I'm going to have him do a different purpose. Well, I'm going to be selfish with Jesus, and I'm not going to let him fulfill his calling. Wow. Wow. 
Think about that. Where would we be? We'd be in trouble. Because it's only Jesus that can get us over our addictions. Come on. It's only Jesus that can get us over our bad habits. It's only Jesus who can wipe away all our sins. Right? If he didn't fulfill his purpose, we'd be in trouble. It's only Jesus that can give us a passport to heaven. It's only Jesus can say to the Father, hey, they're struggling, give them more of the Holy Ghost. Come on. It's only Jesus. And Jesus was our first fruit of the resurrection. That means Jesus was the tithe. And by the way, next week you're going to learn that you're God's tithe. Isn't that cool? Jesus might have been the first fruit of our resurrection, but we're going to learn next week that we are God's tithe because we are a sort of first fruit. Wow! That makes you somebody special. Now think about that. God loves you so much. I didn't come up with this tithing thing. The church didn't come up. This is all God's idea. It's all God's idea. If we are generous with our gifts, God makes us this promise in verse 8. I love verse 8. I've read this so many times I kind of missed it. But verse 8, when you just slow down, you take it apart piece by piece, it's really cool. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Oh, how cool is that? He is able to make all grace abound. That means not just grace. Not just some grace. This means all grace abound so much that you can't contain it. Watched a stupid movie yesterday. Most movies are stupid, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. These people go into another planet and Computers are malfunctioning, so it wakes somebody else up. Somebody who's supposed to stay asleep for 90 years wakes them up mid-trip. Ben is broken, can't go back to sleep, so you're going to die on the voyage. Because it's going to take all these years. And he doesn't figure he's going to live that long. After a couple of years, he's so lonely, he goes wakes up a girl. <laughs> Falls in love with her profile. Talk about falling in love with a profile. <laughs> The only reason I say that is she goes swimming in the swimming pool. Swimming pool in space, outer space, right? And so she's swimming there, and the gravity goes off. I use this to talk about a bound. Usually when you jump in the pool, you can go down into the water, come up, get air, and all that stuff. When the gravity goes off, it don't work like that anymore. All of a sudden, the water comes up, and it formed a huge water bubble. And she's trapped in the middle of it. Because she can't get out of it. She starts drowning. 
That's how much God wants to put us in His grace. He wants us to be surrounded by His grace. The thing is, when we're surrounded with His grace, it doesn't cause us to drown. It causes us to live and live more abundantly. Come on. Come on. And you know what? Where would we be without the grace of God? Come on. Al has not been able to be married this long without the grace of God. He loves his oatmeal in the morning. He now makes it himself. He eats oatmeal every day. He loves his oatmeal. You know what? I've gotten to like his steel oats. I like those steel oats. They're a little bit more nutty and they're healthier for you actually will produce good cholesterol in you while it's lowering your bad cholesterol. And, and you can get it instant now. The wife made the regular oatmeal the other day. It's still oatmeal. And you know what? She took me back to my childhood when my mother would put lumps in it. <laughs> now getting back to Alan Marion... You know what? She might have put lumps in his oatmeal and he complained to her about the lumps in his oatmeal. I don't know if this is true or not. You know, at that moment when he complained about the lumps in his oatmeal, he surely needed to have God's grace because she worked hard to make his oatmeal special. Come on. Everybody who cooks for their family knows what I'm talking about. Don't we need God's grace when we get prideful? Don't we need God's grace when, they, when the bill collector calls? Don't we need God's grace when things go wrong? Oh, he says here, he will give us his grace abundantly. He'll make his grace abound towards you. And you, that you, now get this, why? That you, say me. Come on, say me. me. You want this blessing? Say me really loud. Me. Okay. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. <clears throat> that you will have Efficiency, and that means all your needs will be provided. You struggle now, but if you would be obedient to God, He would make sure that you have all sufficiency. You put Him first, He helps you with the struggle. Come on. You might not be able to put up that barn right away, but he will help you be all sufficient so you can put up that barn. Come on. Now apply barn to whatever you're needing. Right? Lastly, you may have abundance for every good work. Verse 8 again may have an abundance for every... This is the reason why. You see, you're supposed to be a conduit of God's blessings to others. 
so that you may have, mm, what is, wait a second, that you may have abundance for every good work? All right, I know a lot of you. Some of you want to do good. Some of you want to do things to help people. But because you have in your own life stopped God from being able to pour out the blessings he wants to pour into your life, you're not able to pour out the blessings you want to pour into other people's lives. Sure. Think about that. See, God wants to give you all this so that you would have all that you need for all your good works. Did you ever think about that? He wants to provide so that you can do what God has called you to do. So why? You already have a heart towards that thing. And when you don't do the first part first, God can't help you fulfill the second part. That's why we give generously with a happy heart. I've told you before, it's hard for me to tell somebody who has a need we can't help because I don't want to tell them my folks aren't generous enough to help you. Somebody had a need the other day in our church. I was so glad that through our trading post and people's hearts, we were able to help meet that need. Our, our goal, our focus is that anybody in our own church has needs, we'll help, we help there first. Because our budget's really, really tight. You know what I wish I could do? Everybody who calls, we could help one way or another. I wish we could help so much that I could send out some deacons to their home, find out what their real need is, help them achieve their real need. Not just throw money at it. Help them to achieve their real need so they're not in the same boat the next week or the next month. You know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't it be nice to have an abundance for every good work or that you want to do? Wouldn't that be nice? But in order to have the conduit flowing freely, we need to unplug it. Have I been meddling too much? <laughs> this is what most churches are afraid to preach today. Stuff like this. They're afraid to do it. And then we have a bunch of Christians who go around without having passion in their life. I'm preaching this message that so you can get a passion in your life. So you can, you, you'll be able to say, praise God, I'm, I'm going to be obedient because I want God to use me in the heart thing that he's been dealing with that I've been wanting to do. There's things that you've been wanting to do, but you don't have the means to do it. I want you to see your passion come alive. And I want God to provide so that you can get it done. It was for our sake that Jesus gave his most, wonder, gracious, most generous gift, his life, so that we could find the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
And though he was rich, yet for your sakes, yet for your sakes became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He did it all so you could prosper. He did it all so you could be efficient. He did it all so you wouldn't have to struggle. And besides, you know what? When you've got God on your side, you're not struggling all by yourself. So when the kids don't do their homework, you don't have to do it all by yourself to get them to do it. Lay hands on them. <laughs> lay hands on Will you do your <laughs> No, lay hands on them. Say, oh Lord, please help my child. <sighs> you just don't know how smart you are. I don't know I was going to get picked up. I'm not picking on you. I'm loving on you. Because I love you. I really do. You were my student last year. I love you. And I care about you. And I know how smart you are. I don't know who told you you weren't, but you are smart. You are smart. And you get, besides that, you got Jesus. And that was the smartest thing you ever did was ask Jesus in your heart. So you're, that makes you brilliant. It was for our sake that Jesus gave his most generous gift, his life, so we could find the grace of God. Let's pray. Lord, I was not sure how this sermon was going to go today. But Lord, I just thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, that this message has spoken to someone's heart, and I pray that it spoke to all of our hearts. For Lord, as we're going to learn next week, you, got some, you, got a, you have something that you want us to be generous with that's better than our tithe. And so, Lord, I'm excited about preaching that message. I thank you, Lord, for this message today to remind us, Lord, that you paid it all. You paid it all. And that, Lord, you did the work. And, Lord, you have provided our tithe. You have provided our missions giving already. And, Lord, if we would just do our part, you would do your part even greater than we would ever dream. Because, Lord, I've seen how you can stretch a dollar and put it to work. So I thank you, Lord. And I praise you for each person here today. For, Lord, you love each and every one of them. And, Lord, they're all special. And, Lord, you want to do something great through their lives. Lord, help us, Lord. To be able to take that dream you've put in each of our hearts. And Lord, help us to do it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.